this week on the Roommates Podcast. It's it's so tough because you're, obviously you're not there, but I mean it's not a good look, especially at this time. It's not a good look. Yeah, you but know, it was just, old. It's always an old message. Yeah, but I mean, oh, like old doesn't mean like it, your your thoughts of it doesn't change. You know, it is a I get you, I give you that it's an old message. It's immature, but we are in cancel culture society. Regardless, they still bring up. Old Kevin Hart jokes about the gay community, and he still can't never live past that. Yeah, no, I, you, I found that wrong as well. I found that I do, wrong I, as well. I agree with you, especially if he apologized that multiple different times. I can understand that, made contributions to the gay community. He did all the necessary things. I understand that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's, in, in this time, you have to probably get dragged for it. Yo, what's good, everybody? It's Hafiz. Chris, the star of the show, baby. Yes, yes, yes. And welcome back. New episode of the podcast, new format. Chris is right there. Yes, I'm right here, God dang it. I'm yes, here to indeed. stay. So, guys, thank you so much for all the support. And I want to make two really important announcements before we go ahead and get started via the podcast. The first thing is that roommates... Um, podcast episodes are going to be also on Patreon again. So the Roommates podcast Patreon episodes are going to be coming back. Um, last week, we dropped the first episode. They are the Roommates exclusive episodes on Patreon, guys. It's uncut, unfiltered, a place where we're going to be unsafe, speak our real thoughts, not being worried about you know putting them out in public. So if you were one of the people waiting for us to release those episodes back. It's back on Patreon. And if you are somebody who hasn't been on Patreon, yo, hop on it. Great way to support us and get additional content. So link in the description below. Roommates Patreon. That is patreon.com slash the roommates. Go ahead and check it out and make sure that you guys rock with the exclusive episodes that are going to be dropping on Patreon. Um, Yeah, I'm telling y'all, y'all, it's a real treat. That's when Hot Feast and I have those phone call conversations and we just go real. You know, and we go hard from the gutter, what we going through, what we really think about, without having to worry about PC, we don't have to worry about nothing, they ain't got to worry about our moms listening to it, and none of that stuff. We just go in, and we, we really say some secrets, and be like, listen, this Patreon, so we're going to share this, because we love y'all, we support y'all, so make sure y'all check it out. Yes, indeed. So don't, uh, in case you guys are confused, the episodes are still going to be coming out here on YouTube and audio podcasts on Mondays. But like I said, on Wednesday, we're going to drop an additional bonus episode exclusively on the Patreon platform for all the people rocking and supporting with us. So guys, link in the description below, www.patreon.com slash the roommate. So make sure that you guys sign up for it. And then also want to make another announcement, guys. Thank you so much for all the love and support that you guys have been giving us, especially via YouTube. We want to continue to grow the channel to get the message out to more and more people. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. And if you are listening listening to this via audio, head over to YouTube.com slash The Roommates Podcast or just search The Roommates on YouTube and subscribe to our channel, guys. It helps us a lot in regards to getting the message out there. The bigger the channel, you know, the more recommended to other people. And we just we just really want to help. We want to serve. We just want to continue to spread the message. So we need you guys' help. Please, please, please hit subscribe if you haven't done so already. And be sure to send this content out to your friends. In case you guys want to know our schedule on YouTube, Monday, that's when the podcast comes out. Tuesday, that's when the podcast clips come out. So short clips you guys can share to your friends who may not want to watch a full episode. Wednesdays is Chris exclusive videos. Thursday are my exclusive videos. And then Friday, we're going to be having guest clips from other podcasts that you know we've recorded. So guys, it means the world for us. Please check out, especially me and Chris exclusive content. Share it. Get the message out. Put it on your stories. You know, Tweet about it. Facebook it. Throw in your group text, like help us get the message out. Cause like I said, I know sometimes it's been hard to share an hour-long podcast, but the five-minute clip, the six-minute clip, you know, that me and Chris are putting out, especially of our own content, be sure to sh- share that. And thank you guys so much for your support. Please, please, please do so if you haven't done so already. 
Oh, yeah, and fees. I'm going to say this now, even though it might be a little bit of a gamble, but we have reached 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. 70,000. Woo! woo, 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 woo. So thank you all for uh, subscribing, liking, commenting, sharing the videos. It means the world to us to continue to do that. I just hope that it's actually at 70,000 when it's dropped. So, you know, if it's not, let's work our way up there. We should. We had like 69.5 right now. Um, when we're recording this, I ain't gonna tell you when we're recording this. Y'all need to know everything, but just uh, know that I hope we had seventy thousand. Appreciate everybody. We love you. Let's get to go. Let's, let's get it get going. To go. And I remember Chris. There was this comment. You know, always reading the comments, and some guy was like, "Why is his eyes all over the place?" Here's why, guy. Guy, <laughs> because guy. we don't have any producers. We don't have a save on. Francis lives in Dallas, so it's literally just me, Chris, the camera. The lights, the audio equipment, the laptop, everything we have to we have to monitor monitor it. Because last week's episode, though it was an hour-long episode, took us like three and a half hours because the audio was messing up, the video was messing up, and we have to check it out. Today I lined everything up so I can see the audio, the video, and the lights simultaneously. But you have to you have to let us grow. You know what I mean? We we ain't undisputed, undisputed yet. We ain't skipping Shannon. So we're working our way up there. So we will be looking around to make sure everything is set up as we are recording. Yeah, it's not as easy as it looks because you have to look into the camera, even though nobody's there but yourself. Make sure you're looking at the make sure the camera's recording. Make sure the audio is recording. Oh, and by the way, you have to listen to fees and make sure you have the thought after he's done while looking into a camera. It's not it's not easy. Not easy whatsoever. But let's go ahead and jump right into it. So, Chris, where would you like to start? Freaky. Let's uh, let's let's uh, wrap up um, situation that the world has always been talking about for the past freaking ten to twelve days. Um, so let's give our final comments on George Floyd. Yes, indeed. So yeah, let's do that. So real quick, guys. I know some of you guys might be tired of hearing about the situation and tired of all the doom and gloom in this world. So we're going to go ahead and do our last few comments about the George Floyd situation. And after that, we're going to move on to other topics. So we do our last few comments and we'll hop on to the other things. So Chris, go ahead. What are your uh, thoughts a week later from our last episode? Yeah, so... Real quick, just want to um, just send the wishes to the family of George Floyd and all the other victims of police brutality and uh, racism if just in, in, in general. Um, so just, you know, seeing the funeral and, and um, seeing the people that was there to support um, all the rallies and protests across the world um, against police brutality has been really moving to me. Um, just seeing things like, you know, Black Lives Matter painted on street walks. I seen a Black Lives Matter sign in Washington, D.C., like a street sign. Um, I see a lot of beautiful things that's happening to continue to raise awareness and hopefully bring change to this world regarding police brutality and systemic racism. Um, so I'm hopeful. I know it's still a lot more work that needs to be done. I know there is um, a lot of bad apples out there that don't want to see change, but, you know, I'm just hopeful that God can put get into people's heart, you know, make it uh, whole, and hopefully we see some good things come from that. So I'm excited, hopeful, knowing I got to play my part as a man, not only as a man, but as a black man in this world, and really just give back to the community and make, you know, my people, our people, our listeners, the world better. So I'm excited to continue to get to work, to bring awareness, to talk about uncomfortable things so we all can grow, Fees. Most definitely, most definitely. And you know what's interesting I thought about, Chris? As much as people complained about how much they didn't like the rioting, how much the looting was really bad, um... I feel like the, the rioting really woke America up <laughs> because what I realized is that, you know, when there's a problem, unless you become, unless you get really uncomfortable about the problem, it's not likely change is going to happen. And what I noticed yep. is that sometimes when people say, why don't you guys protest peacefully? The problem with a peaceful protest is that you can peacefully ignore it, right? If someone just peacefully protesting, you know, outside it's not bothering me right it's not it's not it's not frustrating me enough 
And so to me, like I said, I'm not condoning the looting. I'm not condoning the rioting. But what I'm saying is that I noticed that when that happened, now all of a sudden it woke people up to, yo, this is serious. This is, this is a severe issue. And I was talking to somebody else about it. And one thing that you also got to realize is that this is an international story. Like, I have friends who are overseas. I have friends that have family overseas. Everyone is talking about it. Yo, my, my auntie in Nigeria called my mom was like, are you guys safe in Atlanta? Like, the whole world is looking at the United States of America at this moment about the situation that's going on. So the crazy thing about the news is that now there's international pressure on the United States, right? Before it was like, oh, yeah, they did whatever they wanted. There was occasional news, just news clippings. But now what the London news, the German news, the Japanese news, the Chinese news, the Dominican news, the Nigerian Haitian news, they're all covering what's going on in America. American citizens are frustrated. American citizens are antsy. American citizens are burning stuff down and tearing things down and fighting with the police. Like, there is a lot of international pressure that the great America is crumbling. And so, like I said, I'm not condoning what happened, but these things are now making people wake up. These situations are, are causing people to realize that, yo, now you can't ignore the severity of these issues that people have been complaining about. And, I, and, I, and like I said, I always urge people who, who want to study a little bit more about black history. There's a great documentary by Henry Louis Gates called Many Rivers to Cross. It's, on, it's a PBS documentary. Um, I believe it's still up on YouTube, so if you want to watch it on YouTube. But like the same stuff people are talking about today, they're talking about in the 60s, the 20s, the 1880s. The eight, you know what I mean? So it's like a very similar conversation. And so I, I, I think this situation... Um, it's going to wake up a lot of people to the severity of the issue. And hopefully all this outrage and frustration will lead to true lasting change. Yeah, you got to bust Chopper the bubble. About to come get me. <laughs> you said what? No, nah, a helicopter flew or That was one of Trump's uh, Black Hawks trying to get me. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> now, you, uh, you, like you said, man, you have to bust the bubble. A lot of, and we're bringing people outside their comfort zone, whether they like it or not. Because there's no way you can go on social media and not see it. There's no way you can turn to a, a local TV channel and not see it. There's no way you can go to work and not hear people talking about it. There's no way you can't, you can't go anywhere without seeing something regarding systemic racism, police brutality, or the George Floyd uh, situation. So, yeah, we're bringing people outside their comfort zone so they can see the message, understand the message, and apply what we're trying to do in their lives to make the world a better place. So, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, man. Yes, indeed. And also, in case you guys are, are going to kill me, I listen, if you are personally boycotting Chick-fil-A, I will never join you in that boycott. So I am drinking from Chick-fil-A. This is not going anywhere. Chick-fil-A is here to stay. <laughs> so oh, also real quick, yo, do you know Chick-fil-A lemonade for a gallon is $10? I can believe that. $10. I can believe that. And I spent the ten dollars. <laughs> you spent the ten. Wow, you get your money long over there, player. Hmm. I said your money is long over there. It must be it nice. It ain't long. But I ain't. What's your Patreon? They paid for. Who paying for it? <laughs> What's going on? You said what? I said Patreon must be paying for it. What's going hey, on? Patreon ain't paying for diddly squat. <laughs> diddly those squat. Those and dimes are picking up off the ground. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I had like a milkshake from Chick Fil A earlier today, and, I was, and they. Shoot, they told me have a blessed day. I said, yes, ma'am. Amen. Uh, amen. <laughs> and got up out of there. <laughs> amen. So, uh, so uh, yes. So, um, anything else you want to add about the uh, situation, Mr. Christopher Jordan Below? Man, no, nah, man. Just, like I said, prayers for the family. Prayers that uh, people understand. And hopefully we see some change. And also, we just pray that they, they are held accountable. That we get some convictions. Yeah. Um, so that's, also, that's what's it. interesting that I wanted to add is I did a video called Why Change Will Never Happen. And, you know, it's obviously my videos are like, you know, a bit of, you know, satire, a lot of sarcasm, which I realized uh, somebody recently told me sarcasm is only for smart people. So I didn't really realize that. People went over their heads. But, like, throughout the video, I gave, like, subconscious things. So basically the premise of the video, go check it out if you haven't done so already. 
But the premise of the video was why change will never happen because we're so lazy. And I just kind of talked about it. But throughout that video, I gave tangible things that people can do if they're interested in making change. And this one lady like commented, why don't you tell them what they need to do? I'm like, yo, the thing about life is that you can't really force people to do something. So I kind of subconsciously gave things that people could do in that video. So if you, if you, if you notice it, um, hopefully you noticed it. So check out that video if you haven't done so already. Also, Chris did a video about the about him going to the protest. He was on the what, what was that um, Fox News, Chris, that you're on? Like not not Fox News, but like local Fox News. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I was on local Fox News. Uh, I don't know how that happened. They caught me slipping. But, uh Yeah, they, yeah, I was on the, on the news at the um, at the George Floyd uh, protest where it was sixty thousand people in Houston. Um, prote- protesting to go walk from Discovery Green to Central to City Hall, where there was a number of speakers there, and you know we let our voice be heard. Yerp, yerp, yerp. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic. You know what I noticed? Whenever I'm talking, I gotta like do like a push, like a sit up. I don't know why I always gotta sit up. Like I just feel as though I don't know why I always do that when I'm talking. Yeah, it's, 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 it's always so awkward, man. I realize I have to touch something. So right now, they can't see me touching something, but I'm touching like a bottle cap so I can concentrate on so touching not what? moving as much. Huh? You said you, you're doing what? I said I have to touch something. Okay. So I'm touching a bottle cap to make me concentrate and relax. Uh, okay, mm. cool, 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 cool. All right, let's go ahead and jump into um, the next topic, and that is your boy, Drew Breezy. Um, if you, can, you want, if you to, can't tell right now, fees, I'm, I'm, my hand is over my head. You said what? I said my head, my hand has slapped my head. Da. All right, Chris. For the people who do not know what's going on with Drew Brees, can you go ahead and share about that Drew Brees story? Yes. Yeah, so Drew Brees, we're doing a virtual interview. Be honest with you, I don't know who it, who it was. Obviously, it had to be some kind of sports channel. Could have been Yahoo Sports. If they still exist, I don't know. But he was asked, um, since all the things that's been going on, there's more likely that players will um, kneel during the National Anthem in the upcoming 2020-2021 NFL season. And he wanted his thoughts on that. And uh, Drew Brees began um, his statement and talking, end up saying that, um, he would never kneel for the during the anthem because the flag means to him, when he thinks about the flag, he thinks about his grandfather's, um, you know, making that ultimate sacrifice in World War II, and that's what he mean. That's what he thinks about. So that's why he would never um, kneel against the American flag because he thinks of World War II and the ultimate sacrifice. His grandfather gave. You okay over there? I heard you coughing. I'm yeah, yeah, my Corona, bad, my bad. Corona is real, guys. Chick-fil-A lemonade, man. It's just so delicious. Uh, it's tingling my throat too much. Tingling my throat. Pause. <laughs> yeah, get yourself together over there. <laughs> but yeah, that's what happened, man. Um, Drew Brees, he messed up. Just know that. Bad, crazy timing. Bad timing. Um, didn't get the message clearly. Uh, and a lot of people in the NFL, especially the players, had all kinds of reactions. Did you see some of those reactions, Fees? Uh, no, I did not. Would you like to share some? Do you any, oh any on God. top of Where your head? You? I heard Where what Steven Jackson said. Yeah, well, you know what Steven Jackson said. <laughs> so, F. Drew Brees. That's basically <laughs> what he said. <laughs> That's basically what he said. And did, uh, did you didn't see, hear Malcolm Jenkins one? Man. Nah, so Malcolm, I saw the clip, but I didn't. I didn't hear what Malcolm. What was Malcolm Jenkins saying? Oh man, so Malcolm Jenkins. He had first of all, it was like a four minute clip, and it was like different uh, videos. But he basically was just like, I seen you as like you know a figure in the NFL, you know somebody to look up to, a leader. And he began to get really emotional. So he one of the videos he started crying, um, and and because he was just like so shocked and so flabbergasted that you know Drew Brees would not only say that but probably think that, and was really shockful and hurtful to him, and basically told him to shut the f up if you don't know what you're talking about at the end. Oh wow. So a lot of people basically told Breeze to stop talking. Like, you should... And then, I know you've seen what Shannon Sharp said. 
No, I didn't see what I didn't see. What, I, like I said, I, I've been hustling, bust. I've even got to some of the reactions. Oh my God, Jesus! What you been doing over there? I actually know what you've been doing. I'm talking about you've been hustling and bustling. I know you've been on the phone. I know that. So what did Unc say? Exactly. So Unc said he should probably retire. Really? He really said that. He said he should probably retire. Like, cause here, I'm the way I'm thinking about it. One, people don't forget. So everybody knows that uh, what Drew Brees said, especially if you're an NFL fan, everybody knows what's going on. So then the upcoming season fees, one, we don't even know how New Orleans is going to react to this. So New Orleans already was, was they was already protesting that night, talking about some F. Drew Brees, all on the news. It was going crazy. So then now, so when the, the season comes, you have to worry about your friends even just accepting you again, let alone your teammates and coaches but you have to go to these visiting states as well. So imagine him pulling up in Atlanta because they have to play to Atlanta. Atlanta is going to let him have it. I mean, all these, like, you know, Houston will let him have it. All these black, rich towns, they going to let him have it. So I don't know if Drew Brees is really going to just make it through the season with all the controversy that he caused because of those statements. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting to see. He better hope coronavirus still exists and there's no fans in the stadium. Yeah, like, um, first, people are going to forget by the time it comes around. We have attention spans. People of, I think don't somebody forget said a, fees. A fruit flies. They said it in the comments. <laughs> um, no, nah, people are not going to forget fees. Do you want to share your thoughts before I jump into mine? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay, so I'm not going to lie to you. I should have did a little bit more research on this one. I was hustling, bustling, so forgive me if I'm wrong about this literary concept I'm going to describe. But there was this thing, there was this phrase called a red herring. And for me, I always didn't, I never remembered what that was. I was always confused about it. Like every time I researched it, I would always forget what does a red herring mean. So I think I remember what it means. I should have did research, so I might be wrong. So forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, so basically, a red herring is like a, a concept where if two people are engaged in an argument about point A, Right. So, for example, let's say Chris and I are arguing who's the best basketball player of all time. Right. And we're arguing a typical argument, Michael Jordan versus LeBron. So the point we're arguing right now is, is Michael Jordan better than LeBron on the basketball court? And then all of a sudden, I mean, let's let's pick sides. Chris picks LeBron. I'm picking Michael. So I'm saying Michael's better. Chris is saying LeBron's better. All of a sudden, Chris then says, well, LeBron has always been a better father than Michael Jordan. And then we start debating that, right? And then Chris says, you see, that's my point. LeBron, LeBron is a better, better, he's a better father. What he did in that moment is a red herring. He switched the topic of debate. So the initial topic was, who's the better basketball player? That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about who's a better father, who's a better husband, who's a better person in the community. We're arguing who's the better basketball player. The moment he switches the topic is this concept of a red herring, and you're switching it and arguing a different point. And you're trying to win the argument off of your new point instead of accepting or addressing the previous point. And that's a red herring. So what I've noticed is that in so many of these conversations, this is, a, this is one of the reasons why we have so many problems in America. Everybody is switching the point. People are not unified on the point. People don't understand the point, right? And like I said, I am doing the typical headline reading by not fully listening to that entire Drew Brees interview. But I could only assume it was about the unsettlement and un of the unrest and how it tied back to 2016 when why Colin Kaepernick kneeled. So, so I assume it's around that theme. The fundamental problem is that when people are saying, okay, we are kneeling to combat police brutality, that's the point we're, 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 we're making about the kneeling. We are kneeling to bring awareness to to combat police brutality. We're not disrespecting America. We're not disrespecting the flag. And we're not disrespecting the veterans who fought for our country. If that is the point at hand, and that's point A, for you now to make this debate about point B, which is don't disrespect the flag, 
That, in my opinion, is a literary red herring. You're switching the point. Now we're going to have to debate why, whether this is respectful or not, and what is respectful. And now we totally have moved away from the initial point. And the initial point from the very beginning was we are bringing awareness to combat police brutality. So the saddest thing about the situation, I don't think Drew Brees was intentionally having a red herring, but what, I, what I'm noticing is that we can't have conversations in America because we can't even be unified on the same point. So many people misunderstand what everyone else is saying. If person's arguing point A, somebody wants to bring up point B, and we do this all the time and all the time, and that's why we can never come to solutions. And to me, another point, I'm just rambling about my ideas, is that this shows me how, like, this is the, and I, and I love Drew Brees, so I, I'm never for canceling Drew Brees. Drew Brees was a, is a great guy, a great husband, great father, has done so many great things for New Orleans, so I'm not going to cancel him, be upset with him over one thing that he said. But what, I, what it really hurt me about hearing Drew Brees make that comment was how disconnected he was to what was going on. If he would have said this in 2016 when Colin first knelt, I kind of understand. 17, but it's 2020, and Drew Brees is still bringing up talking points from when we already explained this. And so to me, it's like, yo, like, how disconnected are you from the situation? Like, you are the captain of a football team. You are in the city of New Orleans with a high black population. Like, I would expect Drew Brees to understand anyone, you know what I mean? understand what's going on but this shows me how disconnected and oblivious he is to what's going on and that to me is really unsettling and frustrating because I wonder how many other people who are in the league don't get it and this and this goes back to why people are always frustrated because like so many people have the privilege of not knowing what other people are mad about like we like we, we have the privilege to not know why other people are upset and we make it about issues that aren't even the main points. Yeah, man, I, I hear you and I and I agree with you. I the thing about Drew Brees, Drew Brees is not a bad person. I don't think he's a bad man. Um, now we if we go back into his history a little bit, Drew Brees is from Austin, Texas. And from what I understand, you know, if you if you're a Texas goody old boy you are most likely a staunch Republican, especially in that area. And he's came from a very affluent background. I mean, he has some money. So Jew Breeze coming from that background and coming from, you know, the history of his two grandfathers going to World War II, you know, my thing is I'm not surprised that he made that statement. Like you said, I am surprised that he would make that statement still in 2020 climate, but I do believe that's how he truly feels in here. And then also back in, uh, I want to say 2015, 2016, I can't remember which season, that there is a photo going around that Drew Brees kneeling with his teammates about this very systemic racial, uh, systemic racism and police brutality issue um, on the field. So my more concerning is that there are people that are masking behind like the whole, you know, movement and, you know, the outcry and they're doing it just so, you know, publicity to keep faith, to show maybe some kind of surface level passive support, but they really don't understand or really don't support the real issue. So that was more alarming to me than anything because... You know, why Why are we still talking about the flag and what the anthem means? You're still not missing the point because, I mean, let's be real. There has been black soldiers that have been in World War II that have fought alongside of Jew Brees' grandfathers and commit, you know, not commit, but uh, made the ultimate sacrifice in dying for their country in order to have the freedom uh, and the liberty and the pursuit of happiness that we have now today. So it's just, it's just like you said, it's surprising to me that he made that statement, but it also shows how much he's unaware and the bubble that you can create in America. You can literally be around a lot of African-American people, you know, babe, and we shower next to them, break bread next to them, go to war next to them, 
and still miss the issue and miss the point. And to me, that just shows a lack of just care. He he just didn't care. He didn't. He just you know sat behind and just like I said, just kind of masked the whole issue. Probably didn't super agree with it. You know, especially kneeling for the anthem. But that's the thing about protests. Like I don't understand why people want to tell someone how to protest. Can't tell somebody how to protest. It's supposed to show some kind of outcry, some kind of uproar so you can bring attention to it. If everybody's doing the norm and, you know, fitting into the the plan and fitting into your bubble, then, yeah, it would never bother you. It would never hear and would never, you know, have any effect into it. But this is why Kaepernick decided to do the way he did so he could bring attention into light to it. But like you said, people brought in the flag and kneeling for it and disrespecting the country and disrespecting the freaking soldiers and all that stuff is like... Ooh, whoa! Yeah. Missing the entire point. So that's one thing that I kind of want to add into the Drew Brees situation. That, it, like I said, it, like the whole freaking layer cake and soup is like, dang, Drew Brees. Like you know, you live in New Orleans with a lot of black people. You you have a lot of black, and the, the NFL is made of seventy percent African Americans. So you around black people all the time. Like, I know you heard something next to freaking, I don't know, goddamn Cameron Jordan, him complaining about police brutality, Martellus Ben, like, all these people that you had played alongside of, and just, you still missed the point. Freaking alarming to me, bro. Yeah, man, that's that's a, that's a great point. Like I said, I don't want I don't want to make this about Drew Brees because, like I said, I think I think it was just a simple mistake, and I and I don't want to bring too much attention to the issue. He did well. But, he did apologize. I don't know if I accepted his apology just right now at this very moment. But he did apologize. To me, yeah. he would have to do like he would have to retire and sit and like kneel next to Kaepernick for the all over Black America to to accept his apology. Yeah, um, and so and so one thing I, I like I've noticed about the problem with obviously there's many problems with America. Obviously, America is a great place. We love America. America has so many great opportunities. But like anything in life is not perfect. And then always want to improve it, fix it, and adjust it to make it a better for every of its citizens, all of its citizens. So the one thing that I notice is that like when when you're not uncomfortable, when something doesn't make you uncomfortable, you really don't have to make changes, right? So, for example, um, um, what's the point I was going to make? I talked about this previously, but most people in L.A. are frustrated about the homelessness because now the homelessness is going into their communities, their stores, their environments. So it's not, it's not like they really care about the homeless. Now that once it affects me, now it becomes an issue. And what I really noticed is that when it came to the, 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 the protest and the kneeling, so many people were like, yo, keep that out of sports. Keep the, keep the, the sports is the one place I can ease my mind. One sports is the one place I can relax and I have to hear about the issues going on with the world. But do you know what the sad thing about sports are, Chris? What is that, Fees? Sports are the one place that white people absolutely need black people for. They need them. They need them. Like, all due respect for all the great white basketball players ever played. <laughs> but if the NBA was all white, it wouldn't be as saucy as it is today. Let's be honest. There's no way. I love all the great white athletes who've played. From the Kevin Curtis's of the world, you know what I mean? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady's quarterbacks, yeah, more like skilled players. So many great white athletes, J.J. Watt, there's so many of them. But let's be honest, if the NFL was all white, it wouldn't be as saucy as it is today. They, sports is the one place where America needs their black athletes, with black people. They need them. They can't live without them. Think about what's going on right now. So many people's frustrations is because there's no sports. Who's playing the sports? The black people. So if the black athletes and the black people are really frustrated about an issue, right, if they really want to see change happen, if they really want to make certain people who are asleep in white America uncomfortable, what is the easiest thing to hit them at? 
the sports, what they care about the most. And so while everybody was so mad about Cap and what Cap was doing, right, I literally thought to myself, I was like, yo, what if, and this can't happen because they, a lot of these players don't care or they don't, have, they don't have enough money. What if all the star athletes who make big bucks boycott? You know, what if LeBron, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Giannis, what if, what if all these guys, KD, Kyrie, Clay, all these guys say, you know what, we're boycotting NBA. We're not going to play professional sports until these four demands are met for the betterment of young black lives. Imagine how much leverage they would have. Imagine how much the billionaire owners would be like, oh, scrap. These motherfuckers ain't playing. I'm losing tickets. Americans are like, yo, the NBA is lame. You know what I mean? All these things going on. So I realized that these athletes have a lot of leverage to create change. As much as we don't like it, as much as we're like, yo, keep that out of here. As much as we don't like that stuff, the politicization of sports today, as much as we hate how ESPN and CNN are not synonymous, I understand it. But as you see, when change doesn't happen, you got to force people's hands. And the way you got force people's hands by making people uncomfortable, especially those in power, right? And so I feel as though I, I'm starting to now really understand why people in sports do the things that they do because, man, that's the one place where a lot of white Americans really care. And let's be completely honest because the people that can cause change to happen in America are not the black people. It's going to be the, the white Americans. Those are the people who can really cause change to happen in this nation. Yeah, man, I hear you. Because, like, the one thing you definitely uh, touch on is that the, the sports can affect the bottom line of a lot of people. And when you hit their money, that's a whole different ball game. Whole other ball game. And I agree because I'm, I was thinking about this probably a few nights ago of, like, what, what leader do we have as far as, like, the black community that, ha that can bring the most effectiveness and change? And to me, the best one I came up with wasn't Obama wasn't like Jay-Z, it was LeBron. And to me, the reason why LeBron is because he has a lot of leverage in the sports world, but to me, he also has a lot of leverage with the kids. Because I think a lot of kids know way more about LeBron than Obama, than Jay-Z, because, I mean, LeBron is LeBron. You know, like, that's, that's like, growing up, if you play sports, you want to be, like, the hottest athlete out there right now, which is LeBron. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the, the best leader that we have moving forward, especially in this topic, to create change for the black community is LeBron James. And like you said, if he gets some of his counterparts to stop playing basketball for however long, and, you know, us as a black community, we fund them for, you know, their life or some other players and yada, 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 and we made this long boycott to make, you know, we can attack their dollars and we attack their entertainment, then, yeah, I think that can create a great effective change because, once again, that's getting, you know, those people outside their comfort zone. So, yeah, I think that creates a lot of change, and I think that also, you know, create make people uncomfortable. Sometimes you got to pop the bubble, bubble and not just hope that they pop it themselves. If we pop it for, like, us, if we do it, then that can create a lot of change as well. So I think LeBron and his leadership, and like you said, him being effective, the, the basketball community, the sports world, people's dollar lines, making people uncomfortable. And also, he has the kids, too. So kids can look up to him, black, white, brown, Asian, Hispanic, whatever you want to say, that everybody looks up to the hottest person in sports, and that is LeBron James. Yeah, most definitely. And, and for all the people who are like, God dang, I'm tired of hearing about race and issues and blah, blah, blah. Yo, we're tired of talking about it. You know what I mean? Duh. We're tired of it, too. We're tired of it constantly being brought up. Literally, like, this messed up my whole weekend. I can't even go out this weekend, you know? Like, no one is happy to constantly talk about these issues and hear about the race problems and, and, and black and white and all oppression and systematic racism. Like, we all are freaking tired of it as well. And so I understand why people are tired of hearing about it. But my biggest thing is that, like, this is like a... This, to me, reminds me of... If you ever have, like, how can I put this? It's like a, a severe it's like a severe injury. If you pussyfoot your way through physical therapy, you will always have problems, right? 
Like, for example, we had a friend who, what, what did Psalm, did he tear his MCL? What, was that what he tore, Chris? No, he had a full ACL reconstruction surgery. So he tore his ACL? Yes. So we had a friend who tore his ACL, and he did not have surgery for three years. That problem kept on going and going and coming back and going, and it got a little bit better and it going. And, and eventually, said, "You know what? I need to have full reconstructive surgery on this. Is it a ligament, Chris? Yes, it's the main on, ligament of your knee. On this ligament, I gotta have full surgery. And by having full surgery, now I have to go through the hardships of rehab for another year or two, and then I'm gonna be fully recovered. We gotta. We have to go through this surgery." We've been pussyfooting through this issue for years, talking about it occasionally, not having tangible solutions, not really fixing the things. We need to take time and really get to the root of the matter. We need to take that time to really solve it so that we got so we get so we can move forward. I'm like, like I said, I know people are tired. I know people are frustrated. But if we don't ever get to the root of it, if we don't ever really start addressing the problem and tangible solutions, and we all gotta be on the same team. The, the, I think, that, like, as people keep on saying it, the George Floyd point was unique because it brought everybody on the same team. So by coming on the same team and dealing with it, we don't always got to bring up this issue of America's original sin. Um, which now leads me to the next athlete, which was in the news, which was Georgia's quarterback, Jake Fromm. Did you hear about the story, Chris? I heard a, a small amount of it. I know he said something crazy. Yeah, but I know it was like a comment, but I didn't hear the full story. So first, I'm pretty sure he got blackmailed by like an old homie or a girl, something like that, because somebody leaked texts from him. And before we jump into it, how do you feel about people who leak texts? You said deleting texts? Leak, leak, L-E-A-K. Oh, leaking texts? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a uh, that's that's super head ass to me. You gotta get hit. That's why are you why are we leaking t- uh, text messages? You said what? I said, well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like, I wouldn't vibe with that kind of person if they're leaking my, my messages. Yeah, that's slimy. First and foremost, that's slimy. That's just slimy. Yeah, that's the definition of slimy. Yeah. Untrustworthy, you're not my friend, you're not on my team. Like, yeah, nah, that's, that's like damn near a snitch. Yeah. So my biggest thing is that first and foremost, everyone's like canceled Jake Fromm. Everyone's mad about Jake Fromm because he made comments about they should only sell guns to elite whites, right? My biggest thing, this is just me. This is me, Hafiz, analyzing the situation. I, like, everybody knows on your group text is some of the most inappropriate, edgy, disgusting things ever. We got to be honest. Like, everybody knows it. If anyone was to leak our group text, guys, girls, you know you can get canceled. You say some crazy off-the-wall stuff in joking form. And you know what I mean? And, and, and do the jokes, are they truthful or not? I don't know. You know what I mean? And so for me, I personally am not mad at Jake Fromm's comments because I don't like, I don't like that. I don't like people leaking somebody, making a joke in a group. I'm not a fan of that. Like, that's slimy. Everybody knows the group texts have the most disgusting visceral of all types of American literature. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not um, about that. I mean, I hear you. In group text messages, you definitely, it's definitely a place where, it, you know, the most sliminess and the nasty award <laughs> can come out because, you know, everybody's just being silly. Um, however, I do think that you have to be cautious at the same time. Like, Jake Fromm has been in the spotlight since probably junior year of his high school career since he committed to Georgia. So to me, he should already understand that he can't just say crazy things out of nowhere. He's always uh, always will be a public figure, especially if you play in the National Football League. Chris, can I ask you, you a have... question real quick? Go ahead. I guess my question is, do you feel as though... You... I'm, not, like, I'm not trying to pick on you, but... It, do, don't you feel like you, you, though you're in the public light and you're growing in the public light, there's still times that you say crazy off the wall stuff? Yes, I do. I mean, yeah, I, of course. And, and my thing is, and this is kind of how I approach it. Like, if it's verbal and I'm in a group of people I trust with, probably most so I could probably say something crazy, you know, like, because that's verbal. 
text message might be like I, I normally don't say outlandish thing in a text message like that anyway. And if I do, it's always make fun of my own people or it's my own friends, or it's my own oh, girl I'm already talking to. You know, it's just something like that. It's not saying like, oh, white people are yada, 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 yada. Like, probably not saying that. But it's more of like, man, man, these black people out here wilding right now. Definitely would probably say more of those kind of lines. You know, I'm not saying I don't trust my friends, but I always have that in the back of my mind. Oh, so anyway. you have it in the back of your mind that at any moment, someone can screenshot and send this out. Well, yeah, I don't, I mean, I necessarily don't think like that, like, but I'm just saying, like, in general, what, what Jake should know is that it could happen to anyone, like, it could happen, so, and also, what you say behind closed doors is more likely what you really think in your heart regardless, in a joking manner or not, because, especially in a text message, you don't get the nuance, you don't get the sarcasm, you don't get the tone, you don't get none of those things. So people are left to their own interpretation and like, whoa, Jay Farm's a racism now, like a racist now. I mean, what's your reaction? What's your reaction to that comment? Uh, I mean, it's it's so tough because you're, obviously you're not there, but I mean, it's not a good look, especially at this time. It's not a good look. Yeah, you know, but it was just, old. It's always an old message. Yeah, but I mean, old, like old doesn't mean like it, your your thoughts of it doesn't change. You know, it is a I get you, I give you that it's an old message. It's immature, but we are in cancel culture society. Regardless, they still bring up old Kevin Hart jokes about the gay community, and he still can't never live past that. Yeah, no, I you, I found that wrong as well. I found that I do. I, well. I agree with, especially if he apologized that multiple different times. I can understand that. Made contributions to the gay community. He did all the necessary things. I understand that. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's in, in this time you have to probably get dragged for it. Especially, I mean, I mean, people are emotional, people are angry, and people are frustrated. So you say anything around this topic that doesn't fit with the movement, you will get dragged for it. No matter how long it takes somebody to find it. Like, it doesn't matter how old it is. Like, people will come back to it and drag you for it. Yeah. This is this is the America we're in today. Yeah. I just want I mean, the roommates shoot, Trump, Trump get dragged every day. You say what? No, I said, I just want the roommates community to know that if my tweets are found, I will not <laughs> be found anymore. <laughs> I will disappear. <laughs> not tweets, my, uh, my group messages. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, shoot. It's, it's, it's a scary world to be in, bro. Like, it, it is because you have to be dang near perfect. Uh, but, I mean, there has been people out there that has been doing what they're supposed to do like in the public light. You know, it's not so many bad things you can say about LeBron. It's not so many bad things you can say about Steph. It's not, I mean, people is people are out there, they're doing it. So, yeah. I mean, and Jake from yeah. it's a learning yeah, lesson. Yeah, my biggest thing is that Jake... First, Jake is like 22, 23. He's a kid. And it was He's old stuff. So like, like when he was a teenager, I'm just not a fan of when someone has said stupid things as a little kid, as a teenager, to now want to cancel them. That's just, I'm just not a fan of that at well, all. Well, I mean, but, but Fees, it's, it's, it's to the point where we're in a different world now. We're in 2020. So just because there's a teenage girl like who's probably freaking 13, 14, and she should say, you know, all black people need to just stop, yeah, need to get a job, need to buy, not not uh, kill each other, need to not do crimes, and not go to jail. It's like, yeah, she may be 14, but like, when would she be held accountable? When what what would what in what world would make her change just because she said that at a youthful age? Who's going to talk to her? What bubble is she in? Who are the people she connected with? What are her parents saying to her? All these things are a factor of reason why she said that. It's not because of, uh, it could be because of age and youthful immaturity, all those things, yeah. But that same youthful immaturity brings some real races and like bad people here today as well. So no, sometimes, no matter the age, you got to be accountable for your actions. Yeah, no, I'm all for accountability. I'm all for saying, calling a spade a spade and telling people what's wrong is what's wrong. But the idea of canceling somebody, I, at first, I like the cancel culture to begin with, but canceling a child for a mistake they made as a child is, is to me, is unfair. Like, the purpose, the, the purpose of, um, man, there's this, in, uh, I think in, in, it's in the book of Hebrews. Um, I believe it's in the 12th or 13th chapter. But it said, like, 
Like, godly discipline is not for condemnation, right? If God doesn't discipline you to, to, to cause suffering, it's to correct you. It's to help you move forward to make you better, right? A good parent chastises, to use the old King James Version, their child to make their child better. So my biggest thing is that when, you're, when somebody says something out of line, even if it was when they were, especially when they were a young age, like my thing is that we don't cancel and demonize the person. We use it as an opportunity to teach and to help them grow and help them mature and get better. My thing is that if we constantly are throwing out these young kids who make little mistakes and we demonize them for the little mistakes that they make, now what's going to happen is they're going to be like, well, screw it, right? What's the point of me making any changes? If you're going to judge me off of what I did at 13, why should I be better? Why should I improve? Why should I change? And so my biggest frustration has always been that, yes, I understand that people are going to say unhealthy things, but especially when somebody's young, you got to give them room to grow and to change, and we got to stop trying to cancel people and pull out the guillotine immediately instead of giving people a tangible way to rehabilitate themselves and to improve their behavior and come to healthier beliefs and ideologies. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Mike. I agree with you. You definitely should learn his lesson. And I don't know if Jake Fromm is really is going to be canceled. Like, he's still going to have a job. He's still going to be in the NFL. I think he will be fine. He may hear for a few seasons, but ultimately, if he plays well, he, he will be fine, you know, at the end of the day. Now, Drew Brees, on the other hand, he might he's going to catch him way more heat because he should have been known better. You know, like, he has no excuse to me. But uh, Jake Fromm, I can understand that. Because, I mean, we have seen in the past, we've seen, you know, Odell go through it. We've seen Johnny Mazzell go through it. we see all these players make mistakes, Baker Mayfield, and they all go through it. You know, some people bring it up just because they're some assholes and not really just, you know, forgiving of those situations and, and not being understanding and empathetic. But, yes, like, I do think Jake will be okay. I don't think he's really canceled. Right now, he just has to go through the flame and the fire because it's just a terrible time. Terrible timing for this to come out. It's just very unfortunate for him. Yeah. I don't think Jake. I don't think Jake Fromm is a bad kid either. But I do think, like, if he does think like that, he 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 need to get his act together quick. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, and so yeah, so I, like I said, I I think all these things are going on to wake up the sleeping Americans, right? MLK talked about it. Robert Greene talked about it on the podcast. Like, there is a segment of people who are asleep because they're oblivious to what's going on around the nation and to the perils of the least fortunate. So I think all these things are really helping wake up America. It's helping people to realize that there's problems, helping people to realize that we're more united on creating equality and fairness for all, and that I just really pray that moving forward we have a much, much better America. So I wanted to end the podcast with a fun segment. Like I said, I try, we try to make it a little bit lighthearted, but a lot of the news was doom and gloom. I want to make it a fun segment, which is question of the day, where me and Chris are going to pick a question that has been posed by somebody in the roommate's Patreon community, and we're going to go ahead and get into a debate about this question. So, somebody said that their question is, uh, they want to know if a girl likes multiple of their pictures, does is that her shooting her shot? Christopher Bilo, what do you say? Uh, yes. I say no. Share your yeah, point why you say yes. Yeah, why why you think it's not somebody shooting a shot fees? Why do I think it's because I feel as though there's three reasons why. First, that some people have apps or they have following grow follower growing programs. And the job of these programs are to follow certain accounts and to like their pictures. Right? Okay. So huh? Yeah, I say okay. Yeah. So it can be that situation. It can be a program where Literally, the girl, the girl is trying to grow her Instagram page, so the, it just follows a bunch of accounts and likes a bunch of pictures. Number two, a girl can find an account and just generally like the pictures. It don't mean she's shooting her shot. She can just generally like the pictures, or she can generally just maybe want to follow back or just trying to stand out, you know, in regards to, you know, um, just... 
who, who are accountants so she can get a follow. So to me, like, there's other reasons besides her simply just trying to shoot her shot. Because like I said, I have plenty of girls who follow me like a bunch of pictures. And okay, from my, my opinion, they ain't trying to shoot nothing. Um, and so to me, I feel as though if a girl's really trying to shoot her shot, it, it, which they rarely do, in my personal opinion, a lot of times you will see DM action. If I don't got DM action, I don't see that as a real shot. Not, say, not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying most times than not, her doing that doesn't mean that she's shooting her shot. Okay. I see, I see what you're saying, and I think this is where the conversation goes in two different ways. A shooting, shooting a shot is definitely somebody that is like, you know, showing that they want to get to know you. Like, it could be a DM, it could be in the in the comment section, it could be all those things. That's to me, that's a very, very small three percent of women would do that. Very, very small percent chance of women. And that's why I think someone shooting their shot is by liking multiple pictures, is them showing interest. Because at the end of the day, they still want the guy to pursue. Now, if you ask me, Chris, out of the 25, last 25 women shot their shot, how many were them to DM? I would probably say one. Now, I know that women definitely show interest in liking multiple pictures. So when you say, like, yeah, there are some women out there that will like multiple pictures just to get you a, a get them a follow back, and they'll probably unfollow you, and they'll dip. Now, there's ways to go around that. If you go on their, fa- on their page and you see that most of the guys that, like, they're following and their fo- follower account is way different, and you, like, have no connections to the girl, no ties at all. She's not, like, she's not following some friends. She's not even from your state, from your city. Now, that might be a cause to pause. I can understand where that is something where it's like, whoa, red flag. But if, and, and then here's another way that you kind of negate it. Now, if I see a girl, like, most, like three to five pictures of mine, um, I would be like, okay, shoot, I'm going to go on her page. And if she's attractive, I did say if. Okay, I ain't going to pretend the truth. If she's attractive, I would like pictures back. Boom, boom, you know, a couple of them, you know, like, oh, I like that outfit. I like your smile right there. And will you follow boom. it and then like the picture? You just like No, the I'm just liking. Don't follow. Okay. Just liking, not following. Now, if she comes back for round two, then that's how I know she's for sure shooting her shot, showing interest, and that's where you can follow up. With a follow, DM, story, message, so out of whatever the, so you want to do. So out of the 25 girls who you said shot their shots at you, how many How many did you use that strategy with? In a DM? Like just out of nowhere? Probably one. No, I out said in regards to they liked your pictures, then you like a few of their pictures, and they liked some more of yours. Yeah, it's more It's more along those lines that she, they'll, like, they'll like pictures, show interest, and then I'll do it back, and then they'll come back, a follow-up, and that's when I'll approach if I want to. Okay. Now just far just straight up like shooting their shot in the DM just out of nowhere, that's very rare. One out of twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Very like I rare. said to me, like I said, it's I my I guess to clarify my point is that I'm not saying it's not possible girls are shooting that way. I'm not saying it's not possible. In my personal experience, most of the time that's not what they're doing. In my experience, what they do, well, maybe because I have the podcast, it's a bit different. And I, I hate it when the lights, when I'm recording during the daytime and then the sun comes out and messes with my colors anyway. But what, what a majority of girls do, in my opinion, is that they try to make it platonic. I don't know. Sometimes they try to make it platonic. They send me a DM. They try to, like, bring up a conversation about something. That's what I see. But like I said, in my opinion, I, I don't know, man. I just... I just I just seen so many bots. I, I I think in the past I've tried that before. It didn't really work out. Like I don't really think that they're re- really interested. Sometimes they're just bored. Like I don't I, I don't think it's a good litmus test to show if she's really interested in, in you. So so how would you want to how would you want a woman to shoot like her shot at you on social media on Instagram? To me, you got to stop wasting time. Like let me know why you're here. Like. Even, you know what? That's too hard. That's, that's not fair. That's too hard. To me, it's really easy. You DM the person and you start a conversation 
about something. There was this, there's this Nigerian guy. Oh my gosh, uh, Francis sent me his um, uh, Instagram page. He's like a Nigerian dating coach, and he's so funny. And he he's not funny because he's like a comedian, but like his Nigerian accent is just funny to me. But he was like giving women advice, and his point was like, as a woman, you it's it's easier for you to friend your way in there because men, when it comes to attraction. There is no permanent friend zone. If you look good enough, there is no permanent friend zone. Like men are not built that way. So as a girl, all you can do is send them a DM and be like, oh, yeah, I like those pictures. Oh, yeah, dope car. I like that outfit. Oh, I noticed this. Or even the story, like there's ways of you initiating and letting the man do the work. That to me is clear. You know what I mean? If you are interested and you continue the conversation, that's just me. Because wait, no, wait. You said ahead. if she like, if she messaged you and said I like your outfit, you think that's a clear shot? No, it's not as clear. I'm being uh, be hundred percent sure. I'm gonna be hundred percent clear. It's not as clear. I'm saying that a girl DMing a guy and 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 saying, "Hey, what's up? I saw your page. I think your your style is pretty dope. My name is Sandy. Nice to meet you." <laughs> like, yeah, like to me. Then the guy can initiate, you know what I mean? It's more clear. Ideally, like, let me, let me give you an example of a great, of, of, to me, the ideal shot. Ideal shot, right? When a girl sent me a DM the other day, and she was like, hey, you know, uh, hey, Afiz, I watched your podcast. I love what you and Chris are doing. You guys are doing great work. I think you, you think you're really smart and really handsome, too. Winky face. Okay. Boom. That's an easy, smooth shot. Because That's a layup. she made it. Huh? That's a layup. It's easy. Like, because here's the thing. She complimented me to show me that there's some attraction, but she can't be rejected because she didn't, she didn't really, like, do anything, right? And so, to me... I feel like that's a great way of a woman shooting her shot. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, that's a, a great, straightforward way for a woman to shoot that shot at the guy. And, but to me, it's, it's kind of like basketball. There's different ways the ball can go in. So there's, there is the layup shot, like you said. That was a real easy, nice move. And then there's a free throw when they can just say, hi, how you doing? You know, my name is whoever. You know, it's not a shot. You're just introducing yourself. Where it could be deemed as a shot. There's a three-pointer where they can light some pitches and show interest. Then there's a half-court shot where you just follow and just hope the brother, like, oh, she trying to, she trying to shoot her shot. She trying to holler at me. So there's different ways the ball can go in. It's just a higher percentage chance of actually, like, seeing, like, the message of the shot getting across. doesn't mean that the guy wants you or the girl wants you, but I hear what you're saying. But I do think... Liking pitches and showing interest is a form of shooting that shot, especially the women, because it's 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 not a, a lot of women that would literally go in your DM and introduce themselves like that, and sh- like it's just not a lot of them. That's why a lot of women ain't winning. <laughs> That's probably why a lot of them not winning. God dang it. Yeah. But yeah. but see, but also like like men have to also learn some like they have to learn women. Some women don't want to. They don't want to be that aggressive. They want the guy to be assertive. So if you put time in and you liking pictures, she liking pictures back, you know, if y'all having little stories under, you know, little messages under stories, a little IG comments and little DM messages, her showing time on Instagram to you, A, she either trying to be nice or B, she trying to, uh, she really feeling you. So yeah, but you you're talking about guy, putting in time, to figure Chris. That out. Huh? But you're talking about putting in time. I, my point was if all she's doing is, following and liking two or three pictures and like that to me is just like that don't mean nothing well listen listen brother there's a lot of fish in the sea so there is some easier fish to catch when it's right there and then there's also a lot of deep sea fish when you have to work your way in so i'm just more saying like strategies towards the men they want to go down that right versus women women should just be straightforward they shouldn't be even try to play the long game it's not happening and some men they can play the long game and get that deep sea fish you feel me? Yeah. Nah, I feel you. So <laughs> I feel you. So hopefully that helped. That's just that's just my personal opinion. And my thing is, as a guy, don't sweat it. Don't waste too much of your time. Send her a DM. And know what bothers me also? I don't. I'm listening. Like a lot of girls will shoot, like send a DM, right? 
shooting their shot. And then, like, they do they expect you to do all the work? Like, that's what I don't get. Like, you can't shoot your shot and expect me to do all the work. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta show me some reciprocation. You know what I mean? Do you get no, what I'm talking you, about, man. Chris? Yeah, they're spoiled. Especially the attractive ones. They're spoiled. So yeah, like they 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 show interest and they feel like their work is done now. Like you have to chase them. Yeah. Never chase. No high character, high value man is gonna chase that long. You like if it's the four hundred, you probably got to the hundred meters. The rest of the three hundred, you better you better pass the baton. I'll tell you that. <laughs> if you ain't passing the baton, I'm stopping. I'm tired. I'm tired yeah. right now. Four hundred. <laughs> if you haven't ran a four hundred, just go to the track and start jogging. And women, that's how men feel trying to chase your head ass. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So let's go ahead and wrap it up, guys. Um, George Floyd situation, I pray that America is getting better. I pray that we're going to continue to grow. I pray that this is going to wake up a lot of sleeping people. Um, Drew Brees, I feel as though this situation is a great teachable moment to allow people to understand that, yo, a lot of people are oblivious to issues going on in the country and to bring more awareness and to force people to realize what's going on. Jake Fromm, I just think it's a simple mistake. And, you know, like, let's not cancel people. When people do things that are wrong, let's give, it, give them opportunities to grow. And like in multiple pictures, it can mean that you're shooting your shot, but most of the time I think it's not, and I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Yeah, I have nothing to add on the wrap-up. I think Fee's definitely wrapped up an amazing job. So make sure uh, for more content, we do have Patreon. So make sure you like and comment and go on Patreon and uh, sign up for more uncut, more uncensored content. Also, subscribe to the YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, our personal pages on IG, Facebook, things like that. We appreciate everybody. So hopefully next week, it'll be a more lighter, more enjoyable. Well, it's still enjoyable, but more lighter, more entertaining uh, podcast. So we're excited to, uh, to see y'all next week. And Adios.